I just want to address because I was just thinking about it. Tyron Matthew owes me a pick. I think Cam owed me like a sack or two. Mike owed me a catch. So I'm going to put Mike and Derek in the same bracket. Yeah, I don't know what it was, the throw or the, or the, or the catch. Mike owed me a catch. Chris owed me a catch because i seen him make them catches before on the sideline. Um, what else? I'm going to just blame some on DA just because. Pete was good today. Oh, you how? Uh, Shahid went off sides. Foster went off sides. So owe me as in don't do that shit. <laughs> I, got a, I got a very, very good memory. So you you know, I, I think those dudes, they, 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 they harder on themselves than I'll ever be, but I'm going to talk shit, though. You know, I mean, it's like we need that. They know they know it, though. You know, it's it's not like a it's not like me getting on them, but it's like, man, we got to if we some of those penalties. I mean, we're, we 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 doing what we doing. We, we need to stay ahead of the chain so we can get more. And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. That was Alvin Kamara, list maker. Um, you know, it doesn't sound like he has a spreadsheet. But it's all but up he's here. Focused. He's keeping them in his head, and yeah, and I believe him when he says that he's he's gonna he's got good memory and he's gonna keep those because uh, he did. He named basically all of the penalties. Um, like he knows, like he called out, you know, uh, a lot of these guys, and uh, I do think that's funny. And and again, you talk about okay leadership, you know, keeping players accountable. He's the you know as as much as he's joking, I think he's trying to say it in kind of a joking way. They won a game, so he's in a good mood, and right. but like I think there is more to it than just like kind of joking around. Like, I think there's a kernel of, of honesty there in that he's not going to allow people to just make mistakes and not get called out on it. He's going to be that guy who says, no, you gotta be, we can't be doing that. And he's like, I I have mistakes that I have to clean up. Derek has mistakes that he has to clean up. And so it's like, I think that is important because it can't just be the coaching staff yelling at players in film sessions because they screwed up. It's gotta be something within that group where everyone feels accountable to each other. And so I think that's that's really what he was like. I think Alvin, I mean, I know Alvin's a very smart person. And I think that when he says stuff like that, there is kind of this underlying messaging going on, uh, even in when it's like this jokey thing. And so to me, that's that's kind of that's really interesting insight into the locker room. He really is almost like another coach as that motivator of, yeah, I'm I'm not really calling you out, but it is kind of poking you to be like, hey, you know, and I know. So let's get this shit together and get it right. Yeah, they play for each other, right? Like right. you're not just you're not just playing a game; you're playing for the guy next to you, and that's part of it, you know. And so that's good to hear. But you know, this is that there's there's a theme here, and so we're gonna get into the three down segment. And my first down isn't even a player; it's several of them. It is the false starters, and they are starters. It's not a T-shirt I want to wear. False starters. There were four false starts in this game by my count on the Saints. And, you know, in a lot of instances, you would be like, oh, man, the crowd, they, they, they were so loud. They affected it. No, <laughs> that is not what happened today. That is not an excuse. It was just mistakes. And so Alvin listed them himself, but I'm going to list them. You had and, and it was weird because of the players that they were called on. Right. So you had Rashid Shahid had one wide receiver. Chris Olave had one wide receiver. Austin Morrow had one tight end and then Cesar Ruiz had one, which is a guard and the offensive lineman. That's kind of what you expect. Right. Um, and I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if like part of that was they were trying to incorporate a lot more motion, a lot more creativity. And, you know, when I think the more you try to handle in that moment, the, the easier it is to kind of, you know, just kind of catch yourself moving or not get set. Um, but yeah, th- that's gotta be better. 12 penalties, 87 yards in a close game. That's going to cost you a game. Like Absolutely. this, you can look past it in this one because it was never close and it was a laugher by the end of the second quarter. But, you know, those are the type of mistakes they could have put 50 on the board, if not for some of those mistakes. 
Yeah, the the point there is because of how awful this Pat squad was, they couldn't take advantage of those mistakes at all. And yeah, it was still a 34-zip uh, showing from them. Like you mentioned, the Saints could have put up 40, 50 points in this game if not for those stupid penalties. And the the Patriots unable to capitalize at all. It shows you too, I think it's, uh, you hear from the guys like Bobby Bear, Deuce McAllister, you know, 10 penalties or 100 yards in penalties a game equates to a touchdown. Basically the Pats touchdown. could not get that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny because part of me wonders if the coaching staff is kind of happy to see all the penalties because every coach doesn't, you know, coaches don't want to come out of a game and have nothing to complain about. <laughs> yeah, right. They always want to have something. And so it's like, you know, everything kind of went well otherwise, but at least that gives them something to be like, you guys got to be better. I don't care if we won 34 to nothing. This is unacceptable. Right. It's a lot easier to be critical when that stands out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, like I, cause I'm sure that's going to be a huge topic all week is like, oh, too many, like we're going to hear from DA uh, to done on Monday where this, we're recording this before DA talks, but I guarantee you one of the first things out of his mouth i'll be like gotta, gotta clean be up better. so you know i guess it's not the end of the world but there was too many and the, the saints have actually been pretty decent on on the side of the penalties especially procedural stuff like you're gonna have holding you're gonna have pass interference uh especially with the way the saints play on the outside um like the holding penalties are kind of a necessary evil okay, joe woods has said like you know he, he tells his guys okay the first one's on me right but then after that it's on you and because it's like you kind of have to stay in their hip pocket and occasionally they're going to get some illegal contact, some holding. But it's the it's the if you can't get the snap off, if you're looking at third and third and four and you can't get the snap off because someone moves and then your third and nine is like, man, like third and four is go. Your entire playbook is open. And then third and nine, the defense has an advantage. That's such a swing when you look at it in real time. And it happened multiple times in this game where the Saints had a reasonable third down and then false start, third and long. Um, I think they converted on one of them. It was the deep ball to Mike Thomas. But you know, the, that's again, it's like if that was if this was a situation where this was a one score game and you're trying to put a team away and you suddenly you're punting because of a silly mistake. So so to me, that's like you know, it's not any individual player, but this team's got to be more composed than that uh, and, and not get all those procedural penalties. So that's yeah, my def- definitely something you know uh, as good as. Everything looked on offense, on defense, and special teams. You have that one issue to harp on. It's like we can't have everything nice in one game. So this one, it was right. the penalties. Right. Like that's so much of this is like this is all kind of gravy mistakes. Like I'm, I'm just kind of like skimming off the top of like, well, this is some <laughs> things didn't go well, and then you have to call some stuff out. Uh, Jimmy Graham is my next one, and it's like, yeah, he, he he's, he, I think he's been decent as a blocker. So I'm not going to complain about him as a blocker. He just has gotten so few opportunities in the passing game that when you do get one, it's like, gosh, catch the ball. And it wasn't a great pass. It was behind him. Jimmy, he can catch that. Yeah. Uh, and if he catches that, that, that's an example of a third down. I think it was either the first or second drive. Um, and, uh, you know, you had a chance to pick up a first down and go in for points. At that point in the game, I think it was 0-0. I think that was right before the Tyron Matthew pick six. Um, and it's like, okay, Jimmy, you know, you've gotten two targets on the season. One of them can't be a drop. I don't know if technically it's going to go down as a drop, but I think he would consider it a drop. Um, and so say, it's yeah. like, if you're not going to be involved in the offense that much and you're going to not make the plays when you get the opportunity, and in fairness, he did catch that touchdown against the Packers on his only other target. I just, I don't know what, you know, I, it's like when Jawan gets back, what is his role? Like, 
I, I think at a certain point you have to start looking at the numbers and being like, do we really need that extra tight end? Is it really benefiting us or would we benefit from having an extra offensive lineman or would we benefit from having an extra safety that, you know, or a third running back, right? Like, wouldn't you rather have a third running back than a third tight end on a game day when one guy goes down and suddenly you have one back available? Like that's not how you want it to go. So I don't know. I think, you know, there's going to be a point this season where, you know, the, the victory lap is, is, is only that. Um, and it's like, you kind of just got to, got to face the music and be like, this isn't working. Yeah. We've kind of questioned the, the vision for Jimmy. And I think he's been fortunate with the numbers game. Uh, you know, you mentioned right there, uh, early on, Foster Murrow, you know, missed right. the, the first few games with an injury. Now you're dealing with Juwan Johnson with an issue. But if we can get everybody back healthy, how does Jimmy fit into the mix? Uh, he has been a better blocker. I'll give him that credit, too. But, you know, just being more than a speed bump, you're going to have to be for this offense right now. Right. I think that's a good point. Like, I don't even I don't even not even saying you cut him. I'm just saying, like, if you're back to like you, like you said, they were without Foster for a couple of games. They've been without Juwan the last couple of games. And if those guys are both healthy, I could, I foresee a situation where Jimmy Graham is an inactive player on game day because it's like, well, right. we, we, I mean, if we're going to just have a guy in there to block, why not have an extra H back? Right. Like why not? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's something that they're going to have to figure out, but for, and like you're, cause you're getting May back, you're getting Hayner back. So the numbers game is going to be a little bit more complicated, not so far, so much for Hayner, but, because he's going to be inactive unless there's some injuries. Um, either way, I, I think that's going to be something. But I don't need to hammer Jimmy too much in, in a game where everything else went well, right? The one other player that that I'm going to crit- criticize here, and it's only because I think I'm worried he's going to give Dan- Darren Rizzi an aneurysm, is uh, Alante Taylor. And specifically, special teams version of Alante Taylor. Because um, <laughs> there was two moments, two two punt returns in this game one of them, I don't know what happened. Some wires got crossed. He didn't get on the field. They played a punt return with 10 players because Alante Taylor was not on the field. And Darren Rizzi lit into him. He was pissed. And uh, I think like DA had to play like good cop and be like, you know, you know. Um, yeah. And so it's like, you can't do that. I mean, <laughs> that's you got to be better than that. And like, it's funny because I'm going to critique his special teams play, but he's the starting slot corner. So it's like nothing you do on special teams is going to impact your standing as a member of the defense. And I thought he had a solid day. But then there was another punt return later in the game. Rashid he caught it around the eight, had a 16-yard return, set you up in very reasonable field position, got called for a hold. That, so that wipes out the return and makes that drive start at the five. And again, it's like we can look past that in a 34 nothing game. Right, in a close right. game, that's a huge difference. And so, like, you can't have those silly mistakes. And again, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching here. I'm reaching for stuff to complain about. Uh, and But that's one of them. Like, you can't make multiple errors on special teams because, uh, you know, you're going to lose... You're gonna get you know some some angry coaches uh, in your ear pretty quickly if you keep that up. Uh, that's a great point with the special teams right there. Um, I didn't even know that Alante missed you know getting onto the field. I only know that because of Deuce because Deuce pays attention to that stuff better than anybody, and so he's he, he called it out on the broadcast. And then I did see you know on the sideline that there was some uh, there's some griping going Chastising. on. Um, but it was it, I mean it, it didn't really affect anything. Like I think the punt went out of bounds. But it's just like those types of silly mistakes. You got to, you know, it's like he, he's dealing, Alonzo's dealing with a lot. 
I, I almost think at a certain point, it's like, is it reasonable to ask him to do special teams as well? I don't know. Like, I don't think CJ ever played special teams. Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't recall CD Deuce doing that. At least not later. Maybe, maybe probably earlier in his career, but I don't. I mean, I don't remember seeing him out there. Like, you don't typically see your starting defensive backs, and I consider the slot corner position to be a starting position. All due respect to base personnel, it barely exists. So you typically don't see your starting defensive players on special teams. But, you know, he's good. He's supposed to be good at it. It's supposed to be an asset. So I think he'll be better, but it's just, you know, like I said, I'm reaching. And that's just something that, you know, he's got to improve. No, that was definitely something on draft day. And, you know, that was actually one of the knocks when people were like, why are the Saints drafting this special teamer? In the second round. Right. Yeah. That's it. That's that's my list. Um, my jet lag from New England. <laughs> no, actually, I didn't. Uh, I'm very much awake because we did not leave time zones. Actually, we did leave a time zone. Yeah. But we got it back. We got the hour back. So it's like the opposite. Like, I'm not – you don't get jet lagged when you get the hour back. Um, but either way, you know, I, I think – the Saints team should feel like it's in a good position. You got to go out to Houston. You got to win a game. I think if you're four and two going into that game against the Jags, you're feeling really good. If you're three and three and you, and you, that's a game to stay over 500, then it becomes really dicey uh, as you kind of look at the balance of this season. I think I said in the last episode or two episodes ago, you, I think for this Saints team to get to to double digit wins, you got to take advantage of the rookies on your schedule. Yes. And when you're a team that relies on its defense to kind of make inroads for you, that's that's a matchup you should be licking your chops about. I think the Saints want to be that first team to intercept CJ Stroud. <laughs> Maybe it'll be Elante Taylor with his first pick of his, you know, of his career. Now you're just talking I'm, crazy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, you, you mentioned with this, you got to take advantage. Rookie quarterback, also rookie coach, uh, much respected to D'Amico Ryans, but still, uh, yeah, totally a game the Saints need to go in. And we can't fall into this damn pattern this season, Jeff, of win one, lose one kind of shit. We got to start stringing some of these wins together, especially right now when you look at the schedule. We pretty we were mapping out things of what you expected to be wins, and this was definitely a, a, the game in Houston was marked as a W in my column, I'm sure for many. I, I, I agree with that. And uh, yeah, they, they, they got to go win that game. Like, I get it. Houston's playing better than, than people might have expected. They're still starting a rookie quarterback, and they're still at a talent deficit. So that's a game the Saints should expect to win. I, I expect, I imagine they'll... Sorry, surprisingly, Damian Pierce has not been a factor at all yeah. for them all year. Right. And like Nico Collins and Tank Dell are blowing up the right. league, apparently. Uh, but hey, you know it is what it is. But all right, let's wrap up. This episode of Inside Black and Gold will be back later in the week. I think Wednesday, I'll do a quick injury report breakdown to go through the initial injury report of the week. And then we'll have a longer preview and uh, go through some film notes. When I get a chance to go through the film later today, I'll, I'll parcel that in uh, to, to one of these episodes. We'll figure it out. Um, but thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. You can follow him at Steve Geller, WWL. You can follow... The show at Saints underscore pod. You can f- check out the latest Saints content news and analysis over at WWL.com. And as always, listen to Mike Dettelier, Bobby Bear, and Steve Geller over on Sports Talk every day, 48 p.m. on WWL AM 870 FM 105.3 and the Odyssey app. Steve, you excited? Yeah, man. Always feeling better after a, a victory for sure. Uh, it, it beats the alternative and it just it really does change your mood for a week I don't care if you are a fan or even following uh, or, or covering a team I feel like you know my mood's going to be better this week because we're, we're heading into 
a, a more positive realm than coming off two straight losses, obviously. I agree. And now we can start complaining about the Pelicans. They're gonna there you start go, playing. right? I'm wearing the Pels shirt here. <laughs> Let's go All Zion. Right. Who that? Go Pels. Easy, y'all. Peace.